0: Wisconsin didn't get much snow this year. So what does that mean in terms of drought for the spring and summer? I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. And answering that question for us is Eric Snodgrass. He's an atmospheric scientist with Nutrien egg Solutions. He's got our egg forecast as we move into planting season.
1: Well, you know, that snow that we get during the winter is critical to kind of recharging the soil in the spring. And it's also important for the river basin and everything downstream of it. And yeah, we were off, especially southern Wisconsin was, was low on, on snow this year. So the concern is it's there, but I would tell you something, spring rains can undo all of winter's sins. So if the rains do come back in, and I'll be honest with you, NOAA, National Weather Service, the European model, the models we're in in the United States, they're predicting you're going to have a good spring in terms of moisture. I'm not so worried about drought here as I am on the other side of the river, getting over to the central plains. So, yeah, we missed out on some snow, uh, may have hurt the snowmobiling industry, but I don't think we're really at great risk of drought continuing because of that going into spring.
0: On the other end of things, though, we're looking at more severe weather in Wisconsin. What is that gonna look like?
1: Yeah, this year, unlike a year ago, I think we could have an increased risk of severe weather, especially, like I said, east of the Mississippi River. Uh, You know, we we saw last year, we were below average on all metrics, tornadoes, severe wind, and hail. In fact, hail was down below 40% of normal. I wouldn't expect that again this year. It seems as though the atmosphere has really been, I mean, we watched two big outbreaks in December, a big one that happened in Iowa back in early March. These kind of things seem to be on the uptick as we go into spring, so I would be prepared for another to and severe weather
0: thunderstorms and tornadoes
1: y- yeah i mean we're in wisconsin right we, we get it all here and i, I certainly think this is going to be a year where we're going to be looking to the sky quite a bit for some for some nasty stuff
0: well thank goodness no earthquakes yet though in wisconsin <laughs> but you know that leads me into temperatures now mm-hmm. are we gonna is it going to be toasty this summer
1: you know if the drought area expands east then the answer to that is yes at this particular point to say that we're going to be just you know highly a big deviation from normal it's not that clear yet so I couldn't speculate on what those summer temperatures are going to be but what we worry about is just the wrong time of a hot spell if it comes right when our corn's pollinating or if it hits at that time period of the year where we can put extra stress on the cows I mean this this is this is what we have to watch out for but predicting exactly when and where that's going to be it's a bit of a challenge most long-range forecasts do have us on a more mild than normal summer at this particular point though.
0: Obviously an impact on agriculture, as you mentioned. What's unique about your work, you have a global look, but let's look nationally. Sure. Where are your eyes? You mentioned droughts out west, maybe severe weather down south, and how that will impact Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I think the drought in the west is gonna be the most critical, simply because California went through the, the, almost the entire second half of its winter without a drop of precip. So we think about California as a big leader in agricultural productivity, especially milk, and their reservoirs aren't full and the mountain snowpack isn't there. I, I mean, I really am worried about my friends in California dealing with what this is going to be in the upcoming season because basically what they buy every winter is just enough moisture to get them through the next dry season. And that dry season starts basically at the end of April, and it won't precipitate there again in any sort of meaningful way probably till October. So it's the stress there is huge. And it's also just on the other side of the mountains as well in the Central Plains. So, I'm concerned more about drought this year than I've been in a very long time.
0: And another storm like Hurricane Ida in a major port could also be an issue.
1: Yeah, well, the ocean temperatures in the Atlantic are still warm, so if they stay warm, that just is more supportive of, of when a hurricane forms for it to have more energy to tap into. So where's our risk this year? It's still elevated. What could bring it down is if an El Nino all of a sudden develops more rapidly than we predict, that ends up, ends up increasing wind shear across the Atlantic, slows them down a bit. Right now, though, we're not seeing that, so I think it's going to be another one of those years where we see above average activity. You got to remember, it only takes one right it just takes one to be disruptive and so we'll watch out for that but remember we got some time that starts in august september october let's get to that point first where we start to worry
0: so are then are you telling your audience risk mitigation
1: i am and it's just because this year more than most years in the recent past i have this this is big wild card of the fact that as of early March we've got about 75% of the land area in the lower 48 that's in some stage of drought either from abnormally dry all the way to exceptional drought and I don't like seeing that you don't ever want to start a season where you're already in the hole and so yeah this is going to be a year where I want folks thinking about those those mitigation actions what do we do to get protected what about our insurance purchases just so that in the event that things go worse we're ready.
0: You're looking again at the global scale for example the La Nina impacting other of our trade partners. Tell me more about that situation.
1: Sure. So this La Nina has caused problems in South America in a big way. So we've had major drought in southern Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Argentina. It's pulled back their total productivity, especially their first crops. They'd grow two crops. You know, that was the first part of it. We also look elsewhere in the world, like over in Australia. They've had incredibly heavy rain since the start of the year. That's impacted the way they've been able to harvest their crops right now. And it's getting to be very, very wet in New Zealand. So we think about that interaction. Uh, You think about Europe. You're at a mild winter and now it's gone over a cold, especially in Eastern Europe where there's a war. So that's weighing on our minds. And I'll be honest, I don't know what's going on in China. I'm very concerned about the way things might play out in China, given the strength of the jet stream we've seen across the Pacific. So yeah, it's it's not just us. We're not the only ones worried. I think it's a global issue right now that we're keeping an eye on the weather in 2022.
0: And you said we look at you as a crystal ball, but you say you don't have it either. <laughs> no. any, any last words though for our Wisconsin farmers before I let you go?
1: You know, it's one of those years where you plan for what you plan for. So you have a plan in place, stick to it. What I want you to do is be, be agile and be prepared should things change due to weather.
0: Again, that's Eric Snodgrass, the principal atmospheric scientist for Nutrien Ag Solutions. This is where he uses software to predict weather risk for global production agriculture. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.